As the leading cause of death in our nation, heart disease impacts too many of our community leaders, friends, and loved ones. But I remain hopeful that we can make sizable gains battling this disease through the power of innovation and technology. Driven by a passion for taking technological solutions and applying them to benefit people's lives, our next guest has dedicated his company to conquer heart disease through digital prevention programs and to serve over 1 million patients annually. Dr. Harsh Van Songham, CEO of Moving Analytics, joins us to discuss how his team has built intuitive, turnkey, home-based post-acute care management solutions for cardiopulmonary disease that improves patient outcomes, reduces readmissions, and empowers the effective and efficient delivery of quality care to patients. Additionally, Harsh shares where he sees the industry and his technology heading and how you can get involved. Join us for this needed and inspiring message from Harsh as we continue to work together to conquer heart disease. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Dr. Vatsong, and welcome to the podcast, and thank you so much for being with us today. Hi there, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. I am too. We have an exciting conversation in store today regarding how you and your team are implementing virtual cardiac rehab services that patients can be doing from the comfort of their homes. But before we dive into your important and needed work, Harsh, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Harsh, it's almost time for our community to learn about your mission to conquer heart disease through digital prevention programs. But first, we're going to break the ice a bit so we can get to know you. I'm going to randomly select a question here. We're talking hobbies. What's one thing you love to do outside of your work at Moving Analytics? Oh, I guess there are two things, but it's a tough choice, but I'll pick one, which is I love to play tennis quite a lot. You know, I'm a huge tennis aficionado. And particularly during this time of COVID, what's been great is I don't travel as much. So I get to stay on the courts a lot longer. And it's also been great because all I do is like I watch a YouTube video on Monday, test it out on the court on Tuesday, practice it, and I've been getting better at it as well. So a silver lining during the times of COVID where I get to practice something that I just really enjoy as well. Well, I love tennis. It's an amazing sport. I am absolutely horrendous at it. So I just sit back to admire it. Let me ask you a question, given you're an aficionado of the sport. How impressive is it that the Williams sisters, what are they, almost 40 now and still competing at the level that they are? What do you think? Is that pretty impressive in your book? Oh my God. That's a huge inspiration, not just in tennis, but like in life in general, because I feel Obviously, they're extremely hardworking athletes, but also it basically opens my mind to say, hey, you know, you're never too old to do something. It's about how much you put your mind to it and really training hard and preparing yourself. But, you know, it's just a phenomenal achievement. And especially Serena recently, she got to the Australian Open finals as well. It's, I think, just truly inspirational for me. I'd say. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, you see them, you see like a guy like a Tom Brady with, you know, now 
down at Tampa Bay recently winning the Super Bowl. It is just awe-inspiring how these athletes just keep coming back year after year after year competing at the highest levels. So it's impressive. But glad to hear that you're on the court practicing tennis, getting out there outside of work. It's so important, especially as we're locked down here in COVID right now. It is so good to have those outlets. So I'm glad you're out there getting the ball back and forth on the tennis court. So Harsh, thank you for sharing your love for tennis. And I'm looking forward to discussing your journey and mission with Moving Analytics after we get back from thanking our Community Champion sponsor. Clear Child leverages technology, the power of psychology and human interaction to diagnose, treat, and improve the success and happiness of children who are affected by mental and behavioral health challenges, such as autism, ADHD, and learning issues. They know that with the right treatments, therapies, and support, children can see measurable improvement across their mental health, happiness, and overall life functioning. Their AI-enabled mobile technology facilitates ongoing data collection, improving the efficacy of their program with every child they help. ClearChild Psychology serves both families as well as partner clinicians to ensure they are putting help in the hands of the most families possible and paving the way in providing affordable and accessible mental health care for the millions of children in need of support. We are incredibly grateful for ClearChild's support of our future generations and for their community champion sponsorship of Passionate Pioneers. To learn more about ClearChild, head over to clearchildpsychology.com slash passionatepioneers or visit the episode notes and click on their link. We are back with Dr. Harsh Vatsangam, CEO of Moving Analytics, and we have much to discuss. Harsh, you guys have been at it now for almost eight years, many startups in healthcare and just startups more generally. To even just get through that two to three year mark is a tough thing to do. Again, you've been at it for almost eight years. You guys are providing incredible value in the marketplace. You've come to some pitch competitions that I've been a part of across the United States, and it's been awesome watching your story unfold. But of course, eight years hasn't happened overnight. Give us a little bit of that journey. I know you cut your teeth down at the University of Southern California, a team and a university that kicked our butts in college when I was playing football at Stanford. A great place <laughs> down there. You know, Go Trojans. I know you did a lot of work there. And then you moved into launching your company. Give us that journey. How did this company come to be? Then we'll talk about what you guys are doing currently and moving forward in the future. But give us that founder's journey. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I think it's been an incredible honor and a terrific journey personally for me and I'm sure for my other co-founders too in growing moving analytics to where it has been today. I came to the US from India where I did my undergraduate degree. It was in applied physics actually. And I came to the US to do my PhD in computer science. One of the things that I was interested in joining and pursuing as part of my PhD was robotics and artificial intelligence. But for some reason, despite my interest in robots and all that, I always start off getting myself diverted into healthcare. So, you know, my first project was in basically helping design sensors that could sense human behaviors in a more intelligent fashion. And then I translated that more into monitoring physiological signals. And then I started translating that into doing more of behavioral interventions. And I would just be naturally pulled into the domain of preventative health, chronic disease management, and so on. Thinking about it myself, part of that is I think fundamentally I felt like, you know, when I wake up on a daily basis, I want to create something that benefits people, helps people on a day-to-day basis, and more and more help people at scale, right? So not just help one or two people, but help thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of people through my work, because I felt that would be an important legacy for myself. And what basically happened was, you know, I finished my PhD, 
I did a couple of internships at Microsoft and that exposed me to healthcare even more. And when I got back and I started working on my postdoc, I think it was sort of a subtle thing in my mind where I was like, yeah, I'm doing a postdoc. I'm trying to be an academic, but really what I want to do is to start a company that really creates products and puts it in the hands of people and makes their lives better on a day-to-day basis. And I just wanted to really impact someone's health. And the reason is when you impact someone's health, you not only improve their lives, but you improve the lives of their brother or sister, their parents, their kids. It's a whole societal benefit that you get from helping just one person. And that's how the impact multiplies. And so around the time I was doing my postdoc, we had basically designed tools that helped older adults exercise more. And we were pitching, you know, just in different academic circles. And in one of the talks that we were presenting, uh, we had a chance to present the American Heart Association. And they said, hey, this is really interesting. Why don't you come and sink back with us on a, you know, a month later, they actually introduced us to what we're doing today, which is this idea of managing patients after heart attack or heart surgery. And that's done through a process called cardiac rehabilitation. Basically, what they said, this is a really, really important therapy that has to be done anytime a patient has a heart attack, a heart surgery, or acute diagnosis of any kind of heart-related event. And the reason is that if they complete this therapy, their risk of getting a second heart attack is cut in half. Their five-year life expectancy doubles. And you know the cost of the healthcare system is basically $10,000 less per year per individual if they complete this therapy. And that was just astounding statistics for us. This is a life-saving service that's available and not that many people know about it. So the question is, why don't people know about it? And I think the problem we got to was, hey, it's really one of access, right? So here's a life-saving therapy, but it's delivered at a hospital site. And for a number of individuals, they just can't make it because they got to work. You know, they got to drive long distances. If you're in LA where I live, it's a one-hour drive to get to the grocery store and then one hour to find parking. And if you have to do that, three days a week or four days a week to get the therapy. No one has a time for that anymore. And so we said, hey, how about if you reimagine that service as part of that? And yeah, so and that's basically what was the genesis for us as well. Well, Harsh, thanks for sharing that. And it sounds like an incredible journey. What you found along the way, you know, you were doing the right things as a founder, as somebody building a company, you were going out to try to find and hear what the problem is and then build solutions for it. But before we dive in a little bit more, in depth as to what the company is, I know we have a lot of students, we have a lot of researchers out there that were in your shoes, you know, or currently in your shoes that you were in, in thinking about, do I take that leap? Do I go from being a student or a researcher to launching a full-blown company? What was that experience like before? Again, we'll go back into movie analytics in just a moment. But what was that experience like for you personally? Was it nerve-wracking? Was it scary? I know when I launched my first company, I was petrified. What was that experience like for you to go from the academic world to launching a company? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And thinking about it, I feel what worked in my favor was that I was incredibly naive and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. What was exciting for me at that point in time was, hey, we're creating something that we're putting a product out where you know, getting ready to launch this in the market and people are going to use this and they're going to get better. What was scary for me at that time was, oh, am I leaving the relative comfort and the safety of a regular academic job or a PhD based job and starting something that's risky and 
I don't know how it's going to turn out, right? Like as part of it. I think as a PhD student and as a postdoc, you're kind of taught, hey, you know, you got to get publications out. You got to test your data. You got to present in all the research conferences and so on. And I had to actually unlearn all of that. And I had to unlearn that that is not the metric of life, that success. What you got to think about is, what is your impact on this planet, right? And how do you want to spend your 24 hours in your day to make the maximum impact that you can? And if for you that is publishing or creating groundbreaking scientific discoveries, that's great. You should pursue it. But if you feel that you're better off creating products that can be used on a day-to-day basis, don't let the bubble of academia convince you that that's not the right thing to do. And I think the other side to this was also what really surprised me is how scientific the entrepreneurial mindset needs to be. Because as you're building a business, especially as a startup, it's really hard to know what it's finally going to look like when it's a growing, sustainable business. And therefore, you have to basically create hypotheses and consistently validate those hypotheses by talking to customers. And you also need to understand what data points to take in, what data points to take out, and evolve your thesis of what your business actually is. And I was very fortunate in that me and my co-founders got that drilled into us very early. And that's a methodology that I follow to this day. To be fair, it's also allowed me to appreciate research a lot more and the area of research uh, academia a lot more because it allows me to compare and contrast when different techniques have been useful and in what scenarios. So I would say to anyone who's a PhD or postdoc, if you think that this is something you absolutely must do, go for it. You're not losing anything. You're probably going to gain a lot of knowledge that will help you regardless of what you want to do after that. Well said, my friend. Harsh, and I couldn't agree more. Actually, one of the biggest superpowers, I think, for entrepreneurs or folks that are just starting their first company is the superpower of naivety. There's nothing wrong with that. If I knew what I know now, then... I don't know if I would have done it, but you know what? It was a great experience. Was it hard? Absolutely. Did I fail? I failed miserably at times. But the point is, is you have to go through it. There's nothing like launching something out of the thin air, an idea in your head. And like you said it brilliantly, that part of the process is very scientifically driven and getting out there and seeing what the needs are. So you said it perfectly harsh. Thank you for sharing that and being real with some of our community members here that are contemplating some of the same exact thing. So thanks for sharing that. So let's now go into current state. You talked about a moment ago about the genesis of how you got to where you are and thinking about building moving analytics. So let's go there. Give us that elevator pitch. What is moving analytics? What are you guys doing for the industry? How are you moving the health of our nation forward? Sure thing. So moving analytics is a virtual provider of cardiovascular behavior management solutions, right? And our first product is in this area of cardiovascular care called cardiac rehab. In that space, what we do is anytime someone has a heart attack, a heart surgery, or an acute heart-related diagnostic, like a chest pain or heart failure diagnosis, it's considered best-of-class care for them to get a program, a clinical program called cardiac rehabilitation. And what cardiac rehabilitation is, is it's a medically supervised behavior modification, which basically gets you to adopt healthy habits that benefit your heart. The things like getting you to exercise better, eat right, manage your meds on time, quit smoking if you're a smoker, and so on, so that you can improve your cardiovascular fitness, your stress levels, 
all of that and reduce your risk of a future heart-related event like a heart attack. Studies show that when you complete cardiac rehabilitation, you double your chance of living another five years and cut your risk of getting readmitted or a second event by half. So it's like, if this were a drug, it would be a trillion-dollar blockbuster drug for cardiovascular care. But the shocking fact is that despite these benefits, only one in 10 eligible patients complete these programs. And the reason is that in order to complete this program, you would have to visit a facility 36 times if you are able to. And that is great if you can do it. But for the vast majority of people, it often happens that they live you know, over an hour away from a hospital or they're rural or they have to take time off from work. If they're you know, hourly wage workers, if they have to choose between getting rehab for their lives or getting that hourly wage that they're supposed to, that, you know, that supports their livelihood today. And what's been interesting for me has been that the model of delivery of rehab hasn't really changed for almost 35, 40 years. And so at Povic Analytics, when we looked at this problem, we said, hey, there's this life-saving service, but it's not being used. And it's not being used for silly reasons like access to care or distance or inability to find parking. How can we reimagine that service? And so that's what caused us to basically start our program, which is called Move in Virtual Cardiac Rehab. And the idea is that it can be done completely from home and you can get it from the comfort of your living room and we can help you get the same benefits as what you would get at a facility, but when you want it and where you want it. And it's also much more tuned to the lifestyle. And that was the thesis and the idea. And I think we're riding on this larger wave or the larger trend that Healthcare is moving away from a monolith hospital facility directly into your home. And today the watchword is, how do I get you care in the same way that you order a pizza? Right? And that's the moniker on which we're basing the growth of our company as well. And how has it been for a lot of companies? It's been a good and favorable in regards to the pandemic. It's been favorable to help advance their technology, advance their solution because of the need of being socially distant, of needing to stay home and in lockdown. Have you noticed the same things as well because of the current environment we are in with COVID-19? What has that experience been like for you, the patients you serve, and your company at Moving Analytics? Yeah, it has been an amazing eye-opening experience for us in the last year with COVID-19. One thing to remember is that patients with heart attacks are actually at the highest level of risk for you know, basically developing complications from COVID. So it's really important that they actually socially distance and isolate themselves more to reduce their risk of contracting COVID. When COVID first came out, what we saw was that nationally, a lot of rehab facilities had to partially or wholly shut down because it was not safe for patients to get access to rehab. Now, some of those has come back and some of those patients are still getting access to center-based rehab, but the numbers are still lower than that one in 10 number that I said earlier. Then the question is, how do these patients still get care? And the answer has been virtual at this point. And so for us, it has been amazing because we were able to help hospitals and facilities maintain continuity of care with no loss of quality because they had invested in virtual-based rehab approaches. They didn't see any drop in volume of their patients because essentially all those patients who would have gone center-based now became completely virtual and they were managed there. And the hospitals also realized, hey, you know, we can actually be smarter about delivering the service. Not every patient needs to go center by essentially triaging patients based on their risk level, their interests, what's available. You can actually encourage more patients to do service like rehab 
And we've seen astounding numbers. We've been able to take facilities from 25% enrollment to 75% enrollment in some of our sites as well. Outcomes have all been the same. And we're seeing that accelerate even more now because now that more and more evidence has been generated in the last year showing that you can deliver a service like this at home without loss of quality and with high patient satisfaction as well. So that's, I think, a bit of a great positive trend for us as well. So one thing I always love to cover is exactly what you just kind of ended on is patient satisfaction, right? At the end of the day, you know, you want to build a thriving company, but one big part of it is doing good and doing well, right? And yeah. the doing good part, what has the response been by the patients that have received your technology? What kind of responses have been, you know, that's a very important to me that we're making sure that we're creating and developing technology that gives a great experience to the patient. How's that response been? Yeah, you know, from the patient's perspective, what we've seen has been that they really, really appreciate the convenience of the program, right? So now, instead of having to drive long distances, they are now able to get that same service without leaving their home. Of course, they have to leave their homes. They want to exercise a little bit around the neighborhood and so on. Uh, but that's still been a good thing for them because it's allowed them to be better part of their communities and interact with the communities going forward. Now, the other thing that patients have really enjoyed has been what happens for every patient is they basically work with a coach who through a series of uh, regular telephone or telehealth sessions really personalizes and molds a treatment plan that matches what their needs are, right? And the needs are different for every individual. So what patients have appreciated has been that level of personalization that they get. So for one patient, it may be centered around helping them improve their exercise levels and getting them walking to a certain level. For another patient, it is actually helping them meditate and manage their stress levels so that they can reduce their blood pressure and stay calmer and then reduce the risk of future events. So that level of hyper-personalization is something that I think has also been great for us in terms of getting extremely high adherence rates to our protocols because patients realize that at the end of the day, they're doing what they want to do. And that gives them a lot of satisfaction and also a lot of sense of self-confidence because when they see themselves improving on a weekly basis based on goals that they set for themselves and consult with our coaches, they're able to then see that, hey, you know what? There's this cause and effect relationship here. I started exercising more and now I feel much healthier. I feel I'm able to breathe better. I'm much more energetic in the mornings and so on. Or I'm able to meditate and I feel much calmer and I'm able to take care of my family at this point. So when they see that cause and effect, they're, they're extremely satisfied about that purpose as well. No, thank you for sharing that, Harsh. It means so much to me because at the end of the day, right, this is what we're here to do. We are here yeah. to help make the patient's lives better, build technology and innovation to go ahead and execute against that. That is so important to me. So thank you for sharing that. And Let's turn a little future state, right? Where do you see, you know, things are changing so fast for us in the industry. A lot of it's because of COVID, right? We've had to rethink how the delivery of care is, payment models, lots happening in regards to healthcare. And from my perspective, a lot of good change happening. Where do you see the industry going with your work? Where do you see moving analytics going? And, you know, even if it's just the next 18 to 24 months, because things are moving so fast, what's the future state look like? And what do we need to be contemplating? To me. I briefly alluded to this before. What I think is going to happen is more and more healthcare is going to move towards the home. And we will be reorganizing our healthcare infrastructure to be closer to the home of the individual, whether it be directly in the home 
or through community centers or through local smaller branches as well. That's the number one thing that I see happening. The second thing that I see happening is that as a result of this, I think we will start seeing more investment into basically building the holistic model or the holistic model of care for every individual. And so as a result, I think we'll see more and more investment in preventative approaches. Where I see a lot of that innovation happening is in actually, interestingly, in health plans, right? So as health plans are understanding that they bear the risk for these patients when they go to a hospital or get a surgery or if they have an emergency room visit, they're starting to become more and more vertically integrated to be able to proactively engage a patient and ensure that they are preventatively making sure that the patient is healthy. So why I see moving analytics sitting there is really occupying one corner, one niche in that journey of a patient, right? Which is essentially if a patient is at high risk of cardiovascular disease, there's a lot that can be done to essentially reduce their risk of future cardiovascular events simply by getting them to adopt healthier behaviors. And so I see us becoming this one-stop-for-all platform for anything related to cardiovascular health and cardiopulmonary health in general as well. If a patient is at a high weight, we can put them on a behavior change program to reduce their risk, to reduce their weight or BMI, and then reduce the risk of future heart disease as well. If a patient is on high blood pressure, we can put them on a medication management and or a diet modification program so that they reduce their blood pressure and reduce their risk of future heart-related events. I think we're uniquely positioned to be able to handle that because we've started in this one space that's very quick and easy to understand and very easy to treat, but also has the same DNA or the same fingerprints that allows us to expand to broader cardiovascular disease management. And so I really see us becoming this expert solution or this one-stop-for-all solution for the management of cardiovascular disease with the idea that it's all done in the home and all done where and when the patient wants it. Well, it's a very exciting horizon, Harsh. And of course, we want to be able to help you get there. What's one problem need or question that you and the team have that we can be contemplating or helping you with? Yeah, that's a great question. And I would start off with this idea of rehab. I think the one barrier we have seen with respect to adoption of virtual rehab or telehealth rehab approaches has been reimbursement. So I would say this is more like a clarion call or even a discussion point. And if you are a health plan, what stops you from basically reimbursing for virtual cardiac rehab today? What can we do to accelerate that change? Because what we see in a number of health plans is 90% of their rehab eligible members don't get access to care. And for a health plan, interestingly, this year, participation and completion of cardiac rehab is one of the measures that goes into rating the quality of how good that health plan is. How can we use the latest and greatest in technology to help with that metric and help more patients get access to this life-saving service through higher reimbursement. And that's something that I would definitely want to tackle and the broader industry to tackle. And I would segue that a little bit into broader cardiovascular preventive care, but my focus would be primarily on cardiac rehab to start with. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I know we have a lot of leaders in the industry that tune into this podcast that can probably be helping you out with all of that harsh. So in order to do so, where do we find you online? Social media? website handles or otherwise, where can we find you? Absolutely. You can reach us at www.movinganalytics.com and contact us there. Feel free to send me an email directly at harsh at movinganalytics.com and also follow our Twitter handle at movinganalytics. 
those are all great places to reach out to us as well. Excellent. All those touch points will be in the episode notes. So in your podcast player, simply scroll down, head into the episode notes, and you'll be able to click on through to get a hold of Harsh and the movie analytics team. Or you can head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. We'll have a post for this episode where you can also leave comments, questions, thoughts, feedback, and ideas for Harsh and the team, as well as get those contact points. So thank you for sharing that, Harsh. We'll have one more part for the podcast here, and then we'll get you back to continuing to move the ball forward with the moving analytics team. And it's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because... I want to change the lives of billions of people through my existence. I love it. Awesome. Well, Harsh, thank you so much for being with us today. I was so excited to get this podcast recording lined up with you. You've been doing such great work. I've been able to watch your pitch in person and follow the moving analytics movement and company that you've been building. So proud of you. Keep it going. Keep us posted how things are developing over the course of this year and next. And let us know how we can continue to be supporting you. But for now, thank you so much for being with us today, Harsh. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been an honor. And I look forward to listening to all the other podcasts going forward as well. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.